Amen. All right, we're there in Genesis chapter 3, and um, I forgot to, I don't know how I forgot to mention, but my dad went with us to Mexico as well, and uh, he was really like the all-star of, of our group. We were in a real rough area. Other places, they, they gave our group a section of the city, and other, I think other places of the city were a little more receptive. Our area was not that receptive, but every time we went out, my dad had one, two people saved or whatever, and, uh, you know, Brother Eli was telling me that he went with my dad and was learning a lot from him just because, you know, they, they were able to go into somebody's house and sat down and went through it thoroughly. And I was telling him, you know, here in Sacramento, English is a second language, and he does a good job with preaching the gospel, but in Mexico, you know, he's in his element. Uh, so it was great uh, to be out there, and, and we had a good time. All right, well, we're there in uh, Genesis chapter number three, and like I announced this morning, we're starting this new three-week series called The Buck, Lessons in Personal Responsibility, and this first sermon is called Passing the Buck, and passing the buck is a phrase that is commonly uh, used uh, to mean, you know, shifting the blame or shifting uh, the responsibility. And I want to just read to you just real quickly a little paragraph here, a little article uh, about the history of the, pra- of the phrase passing the buck. Uh, it says this, it says, to pass the buck today means to evade or to avoid responsibility by shifting it to another person. The term, the term comes from the game of poker as played in the 19th century America where players took turns acting as a dealer to keep track a marker known as the buck. Often a knife with a handle made of a buckhorn was placed on the table in front of the dealer and passing to the next player uh, and, and passed to the next player uh, before each round. By the early 20th century, the pa- pass the buck had spread from meaning to transfer the responsibility from one poker player to another, uh, to meaning to shift responsibility for anything to another person, which is the sense in which we use it today. So when we're talking about passing the buck, we're talking about you know someone who wants to shift the blame for a problem or an issue, and along with that, they are shifting or passing the responsibility. And here's what you need to know. It is human nature. It is in our human nature to want to pass the buck, to want to shift the blame, to want to play the blame game. I think, you know, it is usually, it is in human nature to want to, you know, play the blame game of of trying to figure out who's to blame and what happened, you know, who, who it is that has the responsibility. Someone said this, it is human to err, it is even more human to blame others. And that's the truth. You know, we often want to uh, blame others, want to shift the blame, want to pass the buck. And there are some major problems with passing the buck, and we're going to learn about those and talk about those this morning. Um, but before we get into that, I want, I want to begin by talking about the propensity to pass the buck. And what I mean by that is our inclination, our natural human tendency to uh, want to pass the buck, to want to shift the blame. And we find it, you know, even in the, in, in the first uh, real story of mankind, Adam and Eve, we find it illustrated, we find it illustrated other places in scripture, we'll look at those. But I want you to notice the example that we get from Adam, the first man. And it's, it's very uh, uh, fitting that we would see this in Adam because it's something that, this is a uh, propensity that every human has, every Adam has, every 
person has this tendency, this inclination uh, to want to pass the buck, to want to shift the blame. And you know the story. We read the whole chapter here in its context, but you know the story, Adam and Eve. They were created by God. They were placed in a perfect uh, uh, location in the Garden of Eden. They were given one commandment, not to eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they sinned against God, and mankind fell as a result of Adam and Eve's uh, decision. But I want you to notice verse 9. And, you know, for people who don't think the Bible is written by God, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because even in, you know, people will look at the story of Adam and Eve and say, oh, that's mythology. That, that's not a literal story. That didn't really happen. Well, you know, the fact that the story so eloquently describes our human nature should show you that if it is a, a myth, which is not, you know, Adam and Eve were real people that actually lived, but if it was a myth, then whoever wrote this was a genius when it came to incorporating true human nature and human reaction and responses into a story that was not true. And of course, we know it is. Look at verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam, this is after they sinned, and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Why were you afraid, Adam? Because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee? that that was naked. And of course, they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They had lost their innocence. They now knew uh, that they were naked. Notice what the Bible says, verse 11. Has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, I want you to notice, and the man said. Now, the next several words would have, would, would have said, you know, I have sinned. I did wrong. I take full responsibility for my actions. You know, the history of mankind may have been different. But Adam does what most men do. He blames his wife. Notice what it says. The woman whom thou gavest. It's interesting. He's about to blame Eve, but he kind of takes a jab at God first. You know, you're the one that gave me this woman to be. I didn't ask for this woman. You know? I was happy with man's best friend, you know, me and my dog and my elephant, we were fine. You put me to sleep and took the rib out. He says, the, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, notice what he says, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. Isn't it true that, and I know not, not every man, you know, some of you are extremely perfect and without sin. But isn't it true that it is very common for men to often blame their wives? You know, some of you are thinking, well, if I, if I don't blame my wife, who am I going to blame? You know? And, and, and look, I, I'll tell you right now, and I'll con- confessing your faults one to another, this is something that I often have a problem with, you know? I will make a mistake. I take a wrong turn. I, 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 I you know, didn't follow the GPS, didn't follow directions. And in my, it's just natural. Before I even start, before I even realize what I'm saying, I'm, I'm figuring out a way to, you know, somehow this was my wife's fault, right? Or somehow if you wouldn't have, or if, or if the kids wouldn't have, or the kids were distracting me or whatever. And it is human nature. It's, it's in our tendency to want to shift the blame. Here, God says, did you eat of the tree? And he responds, the woman whom thou gave us to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And I want you to notice, We're going to look at several examples of shifting the blame, playing the blame game, passing the buck. But the first one is that we pass the buck by saying, someone made me do it. 
It's not my fault because someone else made me do it. It wasn't my idea. She brought me the apple pie. You know, she brought me the fruit. She gave it to me, and I did eat. But here's what you need to understand. In, we, in these stories, we see, you know, how we pass the buck. We pass the buck often by saying, someone else made me do it. Is this true? Oftentimes when kids get in trouble, you know, you got a group of kids, group of friends, they get in trouble. You know, what are you guys doing? They all point at each other. He made me do it. She made me do it. And this is a human inclination to often not, you know, take responsibility for our own actions, but say, someone else made me do it. Why do we do that? Why do we pass the buck? We pass the buck because the truth of the matter is, we don't want to face the consequences. I mean, look at verse 10 again. He said, I heard thy voice, talking to God, in the garden. Notice what he says. And I, Adam, was afraid. What were you afraid of, Adam? I was afraid to face the consequences. I was afraid to have to realize that there were consequences for my action. So instead of saying, I have sinned, I've done wrong, I take full responsibility, he passes the buck. And he says, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me. She gave me of the tree, and I did eat. Now, before the ladies get too high and mighty, because they're like, yeah, don't blame me when you get lost. You know, don't blame me. We see Eve do the same thing. Look at verse 13. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, now look, this is the iconic, the devil made me do it. I mean, the serpent beguiled me. And I did eat. And you know what people often say? They'll say, someone else made me do it. My wife made me do it. My friend made me do it. My buddy made me do it. My roommate or whatever. You know, they blame someone else. And if there's no one to blame, then it's the devil made me do it. You know, the serpent beguiled me. But I want you to notice, we often shift the blame. We often pass the buck. Not only by saying, someone else made me do it, but also by saying, I didn't know. You know, we often will claim ignorance. Isn't that true? I didn't know. I didn't understand. I didn't have all the facts. I mean, notice, that's what she's saying. She's saying, the serpent beguiled. The word beguiled means I was fricked. I was confused. I I didn't know. I didn't understand. And look, you know, back in, when was it, 2008, when the bubble burst with the houses and all, you know, we had that big house, uh, you know, issue and problem where where all the houses went into foreclosure and all that. You know what people often said? And, And I'm sure they were telling the truth. But people often said, I didn't know. The real estate agent never explained to me that the interest rate was going to double in five years. I didn't understand what, a, what balloon payments were. I was beguiled. And you know what? That may be well and true. But it is often the fact that we pass the buck by saying someone else made me do it. The devil made me do it. I didn't, I, it wasn't my idea, they brought it to me. Or, I didn't know, I was beguiled, I was tricked into it. I didn't know what I was doing. Go to Exodus, Exodus 32. You're there in Genesis, just one book over. Let's look at a third example of this. The propensity to pass the buck. The tendency, the inclination, the human nature to want to pass the buck, to shift the blame, to blame others. We have another example, and that is of Aaron. And I'm sure there's many more examples. We're going to look at just several this morning. I'm sure there's more examples. These are the ones I thought of. But I want you to notice the story of Aaron, Exodus 32. Remember, Moses went up to the mount. He's been up there for 40 days. 
The people don't know what happened to Moses. They think he's not coming back. The Bible says in verse 19, And it came to pass, as soon as he, that to Moses, came nigh unto the camp, because God basically tells Moses, you need to go down there. The people are getting themselves into trouble. He goes down to remember Joshua said, it sounds like, like a battle is going on. And, and Moses said, That's, it's no battle. They're down there partying. The Bible says that when Moses came nigh into the camp, that he saw the calf. Remember, they had made a golden calf. He saw the calf and the dancing. And Moses' anger waxed hot. And he cast the tables out of his hands and break them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink it. Look at verse 21. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of the Lord, uh, 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 of my Lord, excuse me, wax hot. Notice what he says. He says, Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief, for they said unto me, Make us gods. Now here's what I want you to understand. Up to this point, Aaron is telling the truth. Number one, the people are set on mischief. Number two, they did come. If you look at the the story, they came to him and they said, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what has become of him. All of that is true. They really did come to Aaron. They really did say those things. These people really were troublemakers. Their hearts really were set on to mischief. Notice verse 24, though. Here's where the shifting of the blame comes. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let him break it off. So they gave it me, then I cast it into the fire. I want you to notice this. This is Aaron speaking. And look, this, this, these details in these scriptures ought to tell you that the Bible was not written by men because men would not write these details. Men would not tell these stories, but yet they are so true. He says, they gave me their gold and they gave me their jewelry. So they gave it me, verse 24. Then I cast it into the fire. Don't miss this. And there came out this calf. Say, I just, I just threw the gold in the fire, and then this calf just jumped out. This calf just came out. And you say, nobody would say that. You know, look, you, we all were that, those kids. Remember those kids? I remember, you know, my brother and I, we played baseball growing up when we were kids. And we'd be throwing that baseball around in the house. You're, you're not supposed to throw the baseball around in the house, but we throw the baseball around in the house, right? And then, you know, whatever, the lamp would break, or the vase would break, or whatever would break. And, and what do you tell your parents? It was just like that. You know, we just came home and it was already broken. And it's like, really? So you were, you were throwing the baseball around that had nothing to do. No, we were, we were throwing the baseball, right? Because you always add a little bit of truth to it. We were throwing the baseball around, but not, neither one of us ever touched. It was just like, that's what Aaron is saying. Well, you know, they did come to me. They did ask me to make the gold. They did give it to me. I did throw it into the fire. But then there, it just came out this cop. The, 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 the lamp just broke. It, it just, you know, it, it, it's a miracle. I mean, it just exploded. It's like the Big Bang happened in our living. It just, it, we had nothing to do with it. What do we often say when we want to pass the buck? We will often blame others. We will often blame the, uh, the devil. Or we'll just say, it just happened. I, I don't know. It just happened. And there came out this cap. Now look, he's lying. Look, look at verse 4 of the same chapter. This is the part of the story he left out. Exodus 32 and verse 4. And he received them at their hand, talking about the gold, Here's the part Aaron left out, and fashioned it with a graving tool. 
Look, he didn't just throw the, the gold in the fire and the calf came out. The Bible says he fashioned it with a craving. He took a tool and he fashioned the calf after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, and, and, and they said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. But here's all I'm trying to show you. It is in our human nature. It is in our tendency. It is our inclination. When we have been caught or when we have done wrong or when we uh, have to face consequences for the actions that we have taken, it is in our human nature to say, she made me do it. He made me do it. The devil made me do it. I was confused. I didn't know. They didn't tell me. I was strict. Or sometimes we just pull the, I, it just happened. I don't know how that calf, it just jumped, this calf just showed up. When the Bible tells us he fashioned it with a graving tool. Now why? Why? Why do we do this? Well, we saw that we do it because we don't want to face the consequences, right? Or we saw that we do it because we don't want to face what we have done. Eve did not want to face the fact that she brought the fruit to Adam, so she says, I was beguiled. But here we see that often we shift the blame because we do not want to face our own personal and true intentions. I mean, isn't that true? Notice verse 21, Exodus 32. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee? Moses is saying, Look, surely these people did something to you. I mean, they, they, they put a gun to your head, right, Aaron? I mean, this wasn't your idea, right, Aaron? This wasn't something, I mean, these people had to have done something. I mean, they, they kidnapped your children and told you that you wouldn't see them again. I mean, they, 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 they threatened you. They, did, they beat you up. What did these people do to cause you to do these things? Because I cannot believe that you would have done this of your own accord. And you know what Aaron should have said is, you know, I did it. Why? Because I just because that's what I wanted to do. But you know, we often don't want to face up to our own desires and intentions. Oftentimes, you know, you, you try to discipline people or deal with people. You say, well, you did this for this reason. And, no, no, it wasn't for that. I did do it, but it wasn't for that reason. And we don't want to face our own personal intentions. So we pass the buck. It just happened. I don't know how to. It just happened. It just, I, I didn't plan it. I didn't, I didn't play a role in it. It just happened. Go to 1 Samuel 15. Let me give you another example. 1 Samuel 15. You're there in Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth. 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel 15. So we saw the example of Adam. He passed the buck by saying someone else made me do it. Why did he do it? Because he did not want to face his own consequences. The Bible says, he said, I was afraid. We saw that uh, Eve said, well, I didn't know. I was beguiled. Why? Because you did not want to face the consequences of what she had done. Remember, God said to Eve, what hast thou done? And she didn't want to answer that question. So he says, well, I was beguiled. I was tricked into it. We saw the example of Aaron who says, well, it just happened. Why? Because we don't want to face our true intentions and our desires. And when the question is asked, what did these people unto thee to get, you know, he wants to give a reason. Yeah, they did it. It was, the, it was never something I wanted to do. And then, of course, we have the perfect example of Saul. Saul gets caught doing something he shouldn't have done. Look at verse 13. You're there in 1 Samuel 15. Look at verse 13. And Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I want you to notice what Saul says. He says, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. 
Now, Saul has been giving a, given a mission. God told him that he was to go, and he was commanded to destroy everything of the Amalekites. He was supposed to go in there and destroy everything, leave nothing alive. Now Samuel is showing up to check up on that mission, and Saul greets him by saying, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, verse 14, because remember, Saul just got done saying, I have performed all the command. Everything God told me to do, I've done it. So Samuel says, oh really? Well, what meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears? The word bleeding of the sheep, there, so he's talking about the, cow, the, the crying of the sheep. He says, and the lowing of the oxen. He says, that low sound that the oxen make. He says, which I hear. Because Saul was given specific instructions. Destroy everything. Leave nothing alive. Everything needs to die of the Amalekites. And Samuel shows up. And Saul says, I perform the commandment of the Lord. And he says, well, if you perform the commandment of the Lord, why am I hearing why am I hearing the bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the oxen? He said, what means, why, what, why am I hearing that if you supposedly have done what God told you to do? Look at verse 15. And Saul said, don't miss this, they, now here's what he meant, not me, they, doesn't that sound like a good leader? Listen to me, husband. You are proving that you are a terrible leader when you say they. They have brought them from the Amalekites for the people. Not me. They. Not me. The people. Spared the best of the sheep of the oxen to sacrifice unto. Now he tries to spiritualize. I always love it when people, you know, are shifting the blame and they spiritualize it at the same time. To sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, Samuel. I mean, it's all for God. Why why'd you do it? Well, I was doing it for God. Oh, really? And... The rest, I want you to notice, I just want you to notice the incredible accuracy of the Word of God. Because when he's talking about what was wrong, it's they, it's the people. He's about to talk about the, the, what they did right, and he says, and the rest we. So he's included when they did right, but he's not included. It's not me, it's they, it's the people when they did wrong. He says, and the rest, he says, they spared, but the rest we have utterly Destroyed. Verse 16. Then Samuel said unto Saul, Stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me this night. And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou was little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? Look at verse 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, notice, he sticks with the story, yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. That I didn't do anything wrong. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Notice again, verse 21. But the people, not me, the people, took of the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should be utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. Somehow this is your fault, Samuel. In Gilgal. So we see that Saul passes the buck by simply saying, it wasn't me. It wasn't, I wasn't involved. You know, yes, officer, I was in the vehicle, you know, after they robbed the liquor store, but I didn't rob the liquor store. I didn't, I didn't even know they were going to go in there to rob the liquor store. 
I just you told me to wait in the car, and I they came out running, and then you pulled us over, and it wasn't me. All I did was when we were in the car, but they. It's human nature to want to say, it wasn't me. I wasn't involved. I was here, but they did it. It was them. And why? Why do we do that? And here's why. We pass the buck. Here's why. Because we don't want to own up to our fair share of the blame. I mean, look at verse 19. Notice what Samuel says. He says, wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord? He says, look, it's you, Saul. It's you who does not want to take responsibility for your fair shame of the blame. And here's what you need to understand. In any situation, not, not anyone, virtually in every, I mean, there are some exceptions, but virtually in every situation where there is some sort of a conflict or a problem, it is not anyone's 100% fault. Usually, there is fault on both sides of the party. And I'm not saying that it's always 50-50. In a marriage, it may be 75% one spouse's fault and 25% another spouse's fault. It may be 5% one spouse's fault and 95% the uh, other spouse's fault. But I'm here to tell you, after eight years of being pastoring and talking to a lot of people and trying to help a lot of marriages, I have found that no matter if it's 1% my fault and 99% the other spouse's fault. We generally never want to acknowledge that 1% that I'm responsible for. Years ago, we had a family come to our church. They don't come to our church anymore. Many of you don't even know them. But this uh, family was having marriage problems. Husband and wife were having marriage problems, getting divorced. And the husband had asked me, if he could talk, you know, I, I've been trying to talk to them and stuff, and he wanted to ignore it and not acknowledge or whatever. And it finally came to the place where the wife was moving out, the date was set, she was leaving, and he said, Pastor, can I talk to you? Now, I, I, will, I will acknowledge my fault in this story. I made a mistake. Because here, he came to me and he said, it was on, on, a, on a, a Sunday night, I think it was, and he said, can I talk to you? And he said, can we talk on Monday night? And I said, yes. And here's where I made my mistake. I made my mistake because I agreed to meet with him before checking my calendar. And I will, I, I will try to never make that mistake again. I carry my calendar with me now everywhere I go. Often when people ask me, can, can we do this on this day? I'll say, yes, but let me check my calendar. Yes, but let me verify my calendar. Because I said, yes, we can meet on Monday night. And then I got home and I looked at my calendar and I realized that I already had an engagement for Monday night that I'd just completely forgotten about. So that night, I, I, I called him. He didn't answer. I sent him a text. I said, hey, I'm really sorry. I said we could meet on Monday at 7 p.m. That's not going to work. We can meet at 5 p.m. We can meet at 9 p.m. We can meet on Tuesday. But I'm really sorry. I just I, I agreed to meet with you, and I, I have an appointment that I cannot, you know, um, that I cannot change. And I didn't get a response. Didn't get a call back, and I thought, oh, this guy's upset or whatever. They were kind of fading out anyway, and it was whatever. A couple weeks later, I get a call from this guy. And, you know, the divorce, they're divorced, they're not living together anymore, whatever. He calls me and he says, it's your fault. I got a divorce. And I said, what do you mean? I wanted to meet with you on Monday night to save my marriage, and you canceled the appointment. It's your fault. And look, I didn't respond in the spirit, I'll tell you right now. I said, oh, oh, really, because the seven years that you were a drunkard... The, the seven years that you couldn't hold down a job, 
the, the few times you came home drunk and actually laid hands on your wife, which is pathetic, that had nothing to do with your divorce. But I, and I, look, I, I told him, I acknowledge the fact that I shouldn't have said yes to that. I should have checked my calendar. I apologize for that. But you know, here's what he's doing. What is he doing? He's shifting the blame. If you wouldn't have, I was ready to get right with God on that night. If you wouldn't have canceled that appointment, I'd still be married. Say, Pastor, does that surprise you? No, because, you know, after eight years of doing this, I've noticed that was an exceptional degree. But it is human nature to shift the blame. In fact, you know what I've noticed? I've noticed that usually people want to blame the church for everything. People want to blame the church for all of their problems. People want to blame, you know, people say, oh, our marriage is falling apart. I don't, you know, I don't have this, I don't have that. It's like, you talk to them and it's like, what's the problem? You know, but it's your fault. You're the reason I got it. I mean, I was just, I, I mean that blew me away. And, and I've dealt with things like that to, an, to, to some point, but that was just an extreme. You know, and you say, but, but does that stuff really happen? It happens all the time. Look, it happens with you and with me. It is human nature. It is our propensity. It is our tendency. It is our inclination to say, they made me do it. The devil made me do it. I was tricked. I was beguiled. It just happened. It wasn't me. Yes, I was there, but they did it. It wasn't me. It is human nature to want to pass the buck. Why? Because we don't want to face the consequences. Why? Because we don't want to face and own up to what we have done. Why? Because we don't want to reveal our true intentions. Why? Because we just don't want to take the fair shame, the fair, the, 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 the fair um, you know, amount, share of our blame. This is why marriages end. Everyone wants to go, I want to talk about his fair share of the blame. Well, what, what about your fair share of the blame? I want to talk about her fair share. What about your fair share of the blame? So we've talked about the propensity, but just real quickly as we finish up, and we're not even close to finishing up, so it sounds like I'm concluding, but I'm not. I, I, I'd like to talk to you about the problem with passing the buck. Because all we've seen so far is our nature, our human nature, our, our tendency to want to pass the buck, to shift the blame, to say, somebody else, somebody else's fault. Pastor would have met with me on that Tuesday night. My marriage would have been great. If he wouldn't have canceled, if she wouldn't have said that, if he wouldn't have said that, if, if they wouldn't have, you know, we want to pass the buck. It is in our nature to want to shift the blame and say, it's somebody else. But here's the problem with that. And I want to just real quickly this morning give you just three thoughts on the problem with passing the buck. The problem with passing the buck. And I'd like you to write these down. Now, you know, if you haven't written anything down up to this point, it's fine. All of that was meant to just kind of show you our human nature. But I'd like you to write down these three statements in regards to the problem with passing the buck. Here's statement number one. Passing the buck. In fact, go with me. Go back to Genesis chapter three, if you don't mind. Genesis chapter 3. Before I give you the statement, let's look at the passage. Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. Remember the story, Adam and Eve? Genesis chapter 3, verse 12. And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree. I want you to notice these words. And I did eat. And I did eat. Here's, here's, the, here's what you need to understand. Even if it were true... And it was true that Eve brought him the fruit. And even if it were true, and it's not true, that somehow that makes Eve responsible and not Adam, it does not change the fact that Adam did eat. Look at verse 13. And the Lord God, called, God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? 
And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. And it's true, the serpent did beguile her. And even, and this is not true, even if that takes away the responsibility from Eve for the actions that she took, it does not change this, and I did eat. What's the problem with passing the buck? Well, number one, passing the buck does not remove personal involvement. Passing the buck does not remove personal involvement. See, when you have a problem, when you have an issue, when you have a consequence, and you say, yeah, but it wasn't my fault, and here's why. It wasn't my fault because I was tricked. I didn't know. It just happened. That golden calf just came out of that fire. Even if all of that is true, passing the buck does not remove personal involvement. Here's all you need to understand. You're still in trouble. Look, even if it were true, which I promise you is not that the reason that that marriage ended was because I had to reschedule an appointment. Even if that were true, which is obviously not, even if that were true, that does not change the fact that you're getting a divorce. So see, you say, yeah, passing the buck, I have a problem with that. I often do that. I shift the blame. But here's what you understand. The problem with being the person who's constantly passing the buck is that passing the buck does not remove personal involvement. At the end of the day, Adam, I did it. At the end of the day, Eve, I did it. And the truth of the matter is, you can make the statement in verse 12, and the man said... I did it. Or you can make the statement, and the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did it. But at the end, whether you shift the blame or not, it ends with, I did it. Do you understand what I'm telling you? You see, Eve could have said, I did it. Or she could have said what she said, and the Lord said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. But at the end, this is still a true statement, I did it. You say, Pastor, what is the problem with passing the buck? The problem with passing the buck is that you can sit there and blame your mom and blame your dad and blame your brother and blame your sister and blame your wife and blame your neighbor and blame your employer and blame whoever you want, but at the end of the day, you're still involved. You still did it. See, shifting the blame, passing the buck does never, never removes personal involvement. There's another problem with passing the buck. There in Genesis 3, go, go to Exodus 32. Exodus 32, next book over, we just saw it, the story. Remember Moses comes down, says, what did these people unto you? He says, well, you know, I threw in the, the, the gold and this calf just came out. But I want you to notice verse 25. Exodus 32, verse 25. And, Moses, and when Moses saw that the people were naked... For Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, notice what he says, he says, who? He's looking for a person. He says, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all, I want you to notice, we're talking about individuals here. All the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from the gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell of the people of that day about 3,000 men. 
You say, yeah, Aaron, you came up with a really good story. You know that story? That's real believable about throwing the gold in the fire and the calf just came out. Man, good job. You just passed the buck. You just shifted the blame. You have proven to us that it was not your fault. It's the gold's fault. It's the fire's fault. It's anyone's fault except your fault. But you know what, Aaron? Moses still has to clean up the mess. Moses still has to call out for who is on the Lord's side. And the sons of Levi have to gather themselves together and they have to go and clean up your mess. And here's what I want you to understand. Passing the buck does not only not remove personal involvement. Passing the buck shifts the burden of personal responsibility to someone else. You say, oh, I passed the buck. Yeah, but you know what? Someone else still has to shift. Someone else still has to clean up your mess. See, this is really the problem with personal responsibility or a lack of it. Our, some of you need to write this down. Our irresponsibility becomes somebody else's responsibility. Our irresponsibility becomes someone else's responsibility. See, when a man decides to have children and decides not to take responsibility for those children, to not provide for those children, to not care for those children, that doesn't make those children go away. That doesn't make the fact that those children need to eat and be clothed and be cared for go away. All it means is that now someone else has to carry the burden of their irresponsibility. See, when you choose to pass the buck, when you choose to shift the blame, when you choose to say it's somebody else's fault, it's not my fault, it's not my thing, it doesn't make the problem go away. Someone still has to deal with that problem. It just means that you don't have to deal with it. But guess what? Someone else does. Some grandmother has to raise those kids. Some grandfather has to raise those kids. Or the government raises those kids, which means you just shifted your irresponsibility to all of us. All of us who work and pay taxes now have to carry your burden of your irresponsibility. And all I'm trying to tell you, and kids, please understand this. Please understand this. When you choose to be irresponsible, it doesn't make it go away. It just means someone else has to come in and clean that mess. You can't figure out how to get your clothes in the dirty hamper. You can't figure out how to pick up that towel. You can't figure out how to put your dirty underwear where it has to go. It doesn't make that underwear disappear. Mom has to come in and pick that up. Dad comes in and picks that up. Somebody, and by the way, parents, don't pick that up. But when we are irresponsible, when we shift the blame, When Aaron says, it's not my fault, it's not my thing, it just happened. It doesn't mean that the problem goes away. It just means that somebody has to step in to carry the burden of that responsibility. Because your irresponsibility becomes somebody else's responsibility. So the problem with passing the buck is that passing the buck does not remove personal involvement. They're still your kids. Passing the buck only shifts the burden of the personal responsibility. Not only are you still in trouble, not only are you still involved, but someone else now has to clean up your mess. Number three, go, go to 1 Samuel 15. 1 Samuel 15. We just were there with the story of Saul. Let's look how that, let's see how that story ends. 1 Samuel 15, verse 26. Remember, Saul said, it wasn't me. 
It was they, it's the people. We, when, 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 they did, when they did right, it was we. When it was wrong, it was them. They did it. It was them. wasn't my idea. They did it. They spared the flock to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. But how does the story end? 1 Samuel 15, 26. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee. For thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. So Samuel says, I'm not going to go with you. The Lord has rejected you. Samuel turns around to go away. Saul reaches for Samuel's garment, rips the garment. It rent, verse 28. And Samuel said unto him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and have given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. Listen to me. Did Saul do a good job at shifting the blame? I think he did. I mean, he, was, he, he, is, he, is, he can play the blame game like, like no one, Saul. It was them. It was the people. I did right. I didn't do anything wrong. It was, you know, I, I didn't want them to do it. I didn't give them permission to do it. They, you know, I realize I'm the leader, but they did it anyway, and it had nothing to do with me. When we did destroy the people, then the things then I was involved, but when they spared, that was all them. He shifted the blame. But you know, at the end of the day, Saul still lost the kingdom. You say, why? Because here's why. Because the problem with passing the buck hinders personal progress. Blaming others doesn't change your circumstances. Please, please listen to me. Please listen to me. You can sit there and blame everybody. Well, the reason that I'm broke is because my parents, you know, they didn't give me a good start in life, and I didn't get the education that I... I was born in the wrong, on the wrong side of the tracks, and, you know, nobody taught me to do... Look, you can sit there and blame everyone and everything. Pastor never preaches on, you know, uh, how to handle finances, and, and, you know, no one ever told me... You can sit there and blame... And look, all of it can be true. But you know it doesn't change the fact that you're broke? You know it doesn't change the fact that you're going to go into bankruptcy? Well, the reason that my marriage is falling apart is because, you know, this or that, and if he wouldn't have, and if she wouldn't have, and if they wouldn't have, and, and look, you can say that, and it may be true, but you know it doesn't change the fact that your marriage is falling apart. See, shifting the blame and passing the buck is fun because it makes us feel like we're not guilty, but it still keeps your life a mess. So you know what the responsible person would do? They would say, I'm going to own up to the blame, my fair share of the blame. And the rest of it, I'm not going to worry about because it's not going to change anything. But from here on, we're going to change things so that no matter who it is to blame, I don't have to suffer the consequences. And you can sit there and make excuses and give reasons. Someone said, you're either good at making excuses or you're good at getting things done, but you're seldom good at both. And you can sit there and tell us all the reasons why you can't, why you couldn't, why the odds were stacked against you, why it wasn't fair, why it wasn't right, why it was her fault and his fault and their fault and everybody else's fault. But at the end of the day, it's your life. It's a mess. It's you that is broke. It's you that's alone. It's you that are in trouble. It's you that's in prison. It's you that your life hasn't changed. Hey, Pastor, what are you trying to teach us? Here's what I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to teach you that when the tendency, when the propensity, when the inclination 
to shift the blame, to pass the buck, to say it's someone else's fault, happens because it happens to all of us. It's in our sinful human nature. Resist it. Say, why? Here's why. Because it doesn't remove your personal involvement. You're still involved. Officer, I didn't know they were going to rob the liquor store. You're still in that car. Oh, I didn't, uh, people in prison, all, I, wasn't, I didn't do it. You're still in prison. Well, I actually didn't do it. Okay, but can you own up to the fact that maybe you were hanging out with people you shouldn't have been hanging out with? That maybe you were in a place you shouldn't have been at? Can you own up to, I'm not telling you you have to take everybody else's blame or everybody else's uh, 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 responsibility, but can you own up to your responsibility? I often tell people that I'm talking to in marriage counseling and things like that. So let's talk about your part of the blame. No, 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 let's talk about him. No, no, well, here's the problem with that. You, ma'am, cannot force him to change. You, sir, cannot force her to change. The only person you have control over is you. So why don't we talk about you? No, no, I want to talk about him. I want to talk about her. I want to talk about them. See, we need to learn to realize that the inclination or tendency to want to pass the buck is true in all humans, and we need to learn to resist it. Why? Because at the end of the day, it hinders progress. Blaming others doesn't change anything for you. You're still broke. You're still sad. You're still to blame. You're still involved. So why do it? Why not, and we're going to talk about this next week, why not, instead of spending all of our time and energy into figuring out how we can blame someone else for this, we take that time and energy and figure out how can we fix this. And next week, I want you to come next week, because next week we're going to talk about, we're going to shift away from passing the buck to living a life that says, you know what, the buck stops here. Whether I'm to blame, whether I'm half to blame, whether I'm most to blame or I'm least to blame, I'm going to live the type of life that says the buck it stops here. The blame, the responsibility will be owned for by me. Because if you don't, nothing else really matters. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for these great stories in the Bible, just the human nature that they depict. How 